Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode is sponsored by Molly Morris at M3 Virtual Accounting. Molly Morris has proved invaluable to me both on a professional and a personal level as she has gotten me a handle on my books. She takes care of everything come tax time and she is able to generate information about what's been working this month and what hasn't. She's just able to do a lot that I wouldn't have been able to manage for myself. So if you're looking for somebody to help you and you have a virtual business or even if you just have like personal books that you feel you can never quite get a handle on, go and ask her for help. She does a completely free consultation and lets you know whether she thinks she can help you or not. And I found her to be really willing to work with me and my budget. So go to M3 Virtual Accounting, set up a free consult and let her know I sent you. This is an unspoiled network podcast. This is some spoiled, a song of ice and fire to the co-host switcheroo, the re-reading, return to Westeros, etc., etc., covering a song of ice and fire, book four, a feast for crows, chapters 44 and 45. In these chapters, well, Sean <laughs> finds out about Jamie's decision. Regarding his sister, not what you were expecting. It was not. And then we have Old Town and a group of people who are much more willing to listen to Sam than others. Secret people. (laughs) Welcome to Unspoiled. Monsters are dangerous, and just now, kings are dying like flies. I am the king! Fuck the king. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. Why did that get you so bad? Secret people. (laughs) Because kind of was sort of my my reaction when i was reading it <laughs> that's fair okay i accept this oh boy but yeah there's a so oh, I, I gotta start with jamie girl i really want to know what your reaction was i was fucking shocked it was like i could not have been more wrong <laughs> he, 
he was just he crumpled that shit up and was like throw it in the fire fuck that hoe yep. i did <laughs> not see it coming i thought maybe maybe after we recorded and i thought about it a little bit more i was like all right well maybe there'll be a moment where he's just like i don't want to go you know i'm not going to hell with her but then it would end with him galloping off in the night right that's kind of like he did on the show. Oh, okay. I didn't say that when we recorded, but I thought about it afterwards. I thought I thought about it a little bit more. But this right here, this just... And I guess there's still room, maybe... Well, no, because I don't think we see them again in the next book. I really... I feel like it was made pretty clear that... Or I have made a, a wild assumption that the people who are in this book, I'm not getting them in the next book. I'm going to catch up with all the people who are missing. So my my thinking is just like we talked about this is the last i saw of brianne last week this this it i mean that might not turn out to be true but i'm i feel like everybody told me that's how these two books are split so is this well, this is as far as i know this is as far as George has gotten with this story. So maybe in his mind, he will have Jamie change his mind, you know, in these books that are never fucking coming. But as far as I'm concerned, Jamie was like, nah. And that's how the story is. <laughs> and yeah, I, so... I, um, I just, I'm shocked. I really, I really was. And, um, I mean, I'm not as shocked as Cersei about to be, but... <laughs> True enough, but I am pretty fucking shocked. Can you tell me? Do I see them in the next book? I mean, it doesn't. It's not. I don't want to tell you anything more Ooh. because there are some things that sort of um. There are some things that if I told you this, then you would figure out that. Oh, okay. Do you yeah, know I what do. I mean? I do. So I don't. I don't want to give you more info for you to extrapolate. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, my my working assumption based on what I've been told and things that I've probably misread this is the end of Jamie's story um, and wow is <laughs> all I can say but let's start at yeah. the beginning of the Jamie chapter I guess I suppose, I suppose. so this is um, this is post siege mm -hmm. uh, we don't get to see no. the siege which is an interesting choice I'm not mad I wasn't about mad it. I wasn't mad about it at all. I mean we we saw him make a deal. We knew what the deal was going to be with Edmure, Edmure and he he decides to take it. Uh what's interesting is the blackfish got away. Yeah. And it turns out that Edmure was was responsible for that. And and there's a moment where Jamie is just like what the fuck happened? Edmure's being kind of smug and cocky. Well, you said I had to surrender, but you didn't say nothing about my uncle, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is not like I feel like that's not smart, and maybe it's because Edmure is not smart. Like he he is on such thin ice, and he seems to be overestimating his leverage and his position because Jamie claps back with, uh, I don't know what this word is, but uh, it's some type of weird dungeon situation that they have at Castle Rock that's very very uncomfortable. Is it Wibbelette? Sounds fine. It sounds good to me. <laughs> I couldn't mm -hmm. remember what word it was that he used, but, uh, but I think that that's I that's it that's the up. word. Whether that's the pronunciation, I mean, I trust you a hundred percent. So sure, <laughs> you shouldn't, but thank you. But uh, 
Yeah, so Evermere has to get reminded that whatever standing you think you have, you know, that can be mm-hmm. removed immediately. I mean, it's like, you promised that you would treat me but what befits my station. And Jamie's like, yeah, we've had all kinds of fancy people down there. <laughs> yep. There is a moment where the the exact line he's thinking is something like, he is awfully pleased with himself for a man who was going to spend the rest of his life as a prisoner. And I do not think... I just want to make it clear. I am not saying this is like an identical line, but I feel like this is what Catelyn was thinking, looking at Jamie mm. at one I time. I love that. Because that boy was so he really was as a prisoner. Like he had this exact same attitude and I am loving it getting thrown back in his face a little bit, even though Edmure is by yeah. no means worthy of having this attitude i really i really like that because that makes the moment a little bit later where he's looking at edmure and he's like he's got the same eyes as cat and they look at me the same way she did with the same Mm -hmm. loathing so i really love this idea that that line is reminiscent or sort of a throwback to something that she thought about him that that just really ties this moment together beautifully i I like it um so yeah so so the blackfish has gotten away and fucking what's the uncle's name is it emin emin frey yes emin frey and this fucking parchment it should not still be this funny and yet here we are and i love that that there's a real uh sense of um breaking the fourth wall right that you get with like sitcoms with this very this this one specific joke because as this book has gone on and every time we run into Edmund every t- and we hear about this partridge parchment partridge parchment <laughs> there are more and more people in the background who are tired of fucking hearing about it you mm-hmm. know and and once again we have somebody just being like oh would you just fucking shut up about it everybody has seen it everybody knows about it I love that. Like, it is, it's, I enjoy a good running mm-hmm, joke, mm-hmm. especially in the midst of something that's otherwise pretty yeah, serious. Yeah. There's just, you know, you need little things like that and it's fun. So, yeah, yeah this, <laughs> this is to his wife. Yeah, they right? know. <laughs> and his men know. And his men know. The fucking stable boys know. Would you sit down for the love oh, of God? So, I am so it exhausted. Is so good. It's so good. It's so, <laughs> it really is. And there's a um oh later on because Emin is freaking out about the blackfish being missing because as long as he's out there, it's like a threat to to him holding River Run. Yeah. And um, his wife, Lady Jenna, at one point is like. Well, this is your seat. <laughs> so it's for you to hold it. And if you can't do it, maybe you should just burn it and go back to the rock. <laughs> and it's so good because he won't shut up about how this is all his. But yep. also doesn't seem to be willing and, and able to defend it. And I just love how she shuts him. She just shuts him up. She just... He says to her when she says that, you know, yeah, it is mine and nobody's going to take it from me. And he 
gives Edmure one last look <laughs> as she as Sir. his wife has to drag him out of the room <laughs> to let the grown-ups talk. <laughs> I swear, like it's just so tiresome. This guy, I, I, she deserved yeah. better. It is a, uh, it has been <laughs> great fun, and I, uh, I can't remember what Jamie tells us about how she ends up with this man in the first place, but it just seems like such a disservice to her. She married way beneath her station. <laughs> she did. Yep. So, so this whole thing, the the blackfish. It turns out, like he does tell them eventually mm-hmm. that the dude they raised the portcullis just enough that he could get under it, even though it looked from the outside like it was still yeah. closed. The opening was under. Yeah, the and water. he's a strong swimmer. And mm-hmm. uh, if it happens at night, Jamie is thinking if it happens when the castle was sort of changing hands, there would be enough chaos going on to sort of cover it. So nobody would notice he was missing. And then the people who were on patrol in the middle of the night, they're not really going to see him. Whatever splashing they hear, they're going to just be like, well, we're at a riverbank. Shit's going to splash, you know. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. and then it would really be quite easy for him to just slip away. And now he's just sort of like the specter. He's out there, you know. <laughs> and nobody knows exactly where he is. And so people were kind of shook a little bit. Yeah, I there's Jamie has like a moment where he's imagining the blackfish just like floating down the mm-hmm. river past the guards and there's something very evocative about mm-hmm. that imagery and the you know any splash or noise that he might make they definitely just think was yeah. like an animal or something. But also like winter's coming like he, it snows in yeah. this, in this yeah. chapter. So that shit had to be cold as mm-hmm. hell. Like good luck yeah. blackfish. I'm sure you're fine. I don't you know also with the but, snow oof. and and then tracks become a real problem so true, you know true. that could really hinder his ability to hide um so hopefully i mean i'm low-key rooting for the blackfish so hopefully he's out somewhere has gotten like far enough away um so fucking there's a lot of talk about like getting people where they need to be because now that river run has fallen and they don't have to be here anymore. People can start making their way home. Jamie can start making his way back to King's Landing. And they have to figure out what's going to happen to the people. I guess they're not all Tullys, but they have to figure out what's going to happen to the people who were loyal to Edmure, I guess. Right. Um, and there's a couple of older guys who are just like, look, we're old. We're not. Let, just send us to the wall, you know. It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go back to their own places. But the most interesting thing, and I can't believe I had to wait to the fucking end of the book to get this. This shit with the Westerlings. So yeah. this is some stuff you had tried to like get, you know, you shared a little bit with me and trying to see like if I had been thinking about things in this way and I really hadn't been. And you guys, this is this is a lot. <laughs> First of all, the mom. The mom is. What's her name? She's uh, she's a bit of a bit. A little bit, right? The, what, the yep. what is the mom? The, the daughter's name is Jane, but the mom is is it not Sybil? Why do I want to call her um, Sybil? That's not right. I think it is. I think that's well. That's how he pronounces it in the audiobook. Oh, it is Sybil. You don't it's, know how much to like. It's just spelled. It's spelled like. You could say Sybel. Yeah, it's spelled S Y B E L L. But okay, lady. So she is fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, 
does not seem to think very highly about her daughter. She doesn't seem to think about her daughter. You know what? Fucking fair. Fair. She's just a a tool and really shouldn't be talking. Mm -hmm. I I love when she comes in and the daughter, Jane, and Jamie looks at her and is like, yeah, she's pretty enough, but I mean... Was it really worth losing the whole fucking kingdom for that face? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then when I read that, I was like, because I had forgotten what you told me. And I was like, oh, it does seem like, was there more to the story? Like, is, you know, is Jamie even being like, I can't believe Rob, you know, blew his whole life up for, for this. There's got to be like, yeah. it's clearly sorcery is afoot. <laughs> Yeah, there's another, there's a thing here too. Um, so, and everybody's going to groan when I bring this up, but I have to, you guys, you know, I Uh-oh. have to. So Jane gets introduced and the d- description of her, Jane was a willowy girl, no more than 15 or 16, more awkward than graceful. She had narrow hips Breasts the size of apples, a mop of chestnut curls, and the soft brown eyes of a doe. Now, th- in the description of her when Catelyn, I meets I hope her, you have that queued up because I was really trying to remember what what she was described as, but I didn't want to Google because obviously spoilers. Catelyn describes her as undeniably, undeniably pretty, slender, but with good hips. And specifically mentions that will be good for having children. Hmm. And a lot of people have taken this to mean she isn't the same woman. Interesting. But and I believe George R. R. Martin has come about and said... It was just a mistake, you guys. It's not that. Deep. Oh, um, I'm not positive about that. So anybody, if he hasn't explicitly said anything, feel free to correct me. But I personally, at first, when I was like covering this the first time, was sort of like, "Ooh, maybe." And the more time passes, the more I'm like, "Nah, I think it's the same girl." And it's just, you know, he loses track of descriptions, like. There was somebody who was reading it who caught that he said Renly had blue eyes in a later book when he'd been described as having green Mm. eyes earlier. So he makes these mistakes. And I just think it's that. Yeah, I was curious. Like when he, when he, this description, uh, only because we have entered into a part of the story where there are just people out here pretending to be people that they are not, you know? And so now, even though I'm not like, I don't catch most of things, but a lot of, but I'm trying to be like, Oh wait, is this thing? Is he doing a thing here? Right. Yes. <laughs> um, yep, but it, it, like I said, it can be difficult for me to go back and sort of check because I have to be so mindful. Um, so uh, this girl is also like banged up in the face and it turns out that it is because she got into a little bit of a wrestling match with her mother because her mother is trying to take that crown that, uh, from her. And yep. we have been talking a lot about the Rob crown because that showed up recently. Yeah. And I had thought maybe Lem stole it, but it turns out Lem isn't the singer. It's Thomas Seven right. Strings. It, so I got them mixed so up. The whole, and so when we were talking last week about, um, so Tom is the singer that was at the Red Wedding. Right. And plays Reigns of Castamere. And Tom is all, well, is he or no? No. Lem is the one who plays it? 
I don't think I, Len plays anything. Okay, so let me ask you why. I'm, let me tell you why I'm getting confused. The Reigns of Casting, I don't know if you remember, but when the music's being played, it's being done really badly. And it's because nobody there is a professional musician. It's fray men right. playing so, the best that they can. So when we had a moment a couple of chapters ago with Ed Muir being like anybody but him. Yes. That was Thomas Seven Strings. And I because Ed Muir had been made the subject of a mocking song. Oh, okay. That was why he didn't want him. It was because of the song he made about him, not Correct. because of being to do with the red wedding. Okay, there we right. go. That clears that up. All right. Um so Tom is here is the singer that Jamie is talking to in this chapter who's thinking about making himself at home here at River Run. And Tom is also the singer that is Tom who Aria meets when she's, or was that was that Lem? She meets Tom when they snatch her up. Right, he's he's still riding with them. All right, and this is not important necessarily to the story, guys. It's just my brain trying to map out who knows who and where have I met people before, and you know, so. And he calls himself Tom of Seven Streams here, which made me think, like, am I wrong? I thought it was Tom of Seven Strings. Apparently, he goes by both. But, yeah, he's with Arya when they meet the ghost of High Heart, I'm pretty sure. Because she asks him to play her a song that she likes in exchange for the visions that she had. Mm. And the song is, like, about her daughter. I think it's Jenny of Old Stones. And that was her daughter. So that's what she always asks for. Okay. That's a lot to keep track of. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So this girl is uh, gotten into this fight with her brother about this crown. And she is still really mourning Rob. In active mourning. To the point where later on we find that she's ripped the dress that she's wearing. as mm-hmm. And uh, she's telling everybody how much she loved him. And Y'all, is this for real? What do I you don't think? No, <laughs> I don't know. I, and because is I'm not saying she can't really be in love with him, and and she has suffered a terrible loss and and all that jazz. But also, I don't know if I believe it. It just, I, I don't. Right, I'm just gonna say it. It's gonna make me sound like a shitty person. It just seems like a lot. It seems like she's, she's young. doing a lot. Like, granted, she's still a kid, right? 15, 16 years yeah. old. So, you know, teenagers are, by definition, always going to do the most. That's just what we do when we're that age. But I was reading a lot of this being like, I, am I supposed to be side-eyeing this? You know? I don't know. I don't know. And it's it's just really fucking bugging me that, like, this is the, I'm not going to get any answers to these questions because as far as I know, this is my very last Jamie chapter. And that is really like, <laughs> personally, I think that it's sincere. Um, and I think that an extra layer of mourning is added because of the fact that her family was involved in killing him and she didn't know and was being mm. used. It's taking it from, teenage love to betrayal by your own family yeah and you thought you had imagined a life ahead of you with this boy who 
they are planning to kill and fully know what is about to happen and they don't tell you and just let you dance along into this mm. fate. And also, her mother tells Jamie that she made her drink moon tea to keep yeah. her from getting yeah. pregnant, which is like a whole other level of invasive violation. Yeah, it's, it turns out to be really, really bad. So, yeah, we get the reveal uh, or the confirmation maybe that this was a setup from the jump. The Westerlings, who are an old house, but a very poor house, use yeah. this as an opportunity to uh, take advantage and move their self up, move their standing up. Uh, also, that there's a mention, too, of uh, the, the Lady Sybil um, is not even that, like, highborn. I mean, she is, but basically, you know, he, again, the word, um, where is it? up jump merchants and that her grandmother had been some sort of half mad witch from the east rumors you know seem to say about them which is tying nicely into this whole theory that maybe they uh put the whammy on rob you know with Mm -hmm. a little bit of the hoodoo the how do you hoodoo her mother was maggie the is that for real for real yes i'm pretty sure that's like valid validated i don't know what the words i want here what's it called so when you not parking <laughs> you know verified you that's the one go. like twitter <laughs> except not anymore uh so so hang on her mother so maggie the frog was lady sybil's mother i believe so or her grandmother yeah, her grandmother had been some sort of half mad witch woman from the east um Either way, though, that's wild because come on now. Come on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Maggie. Everything is connected. She's out here wreaking havoc across generations, across different families, you know, making Cersei fucking insane from the fear of this prophecy and then she's out here fucking putting the hoodoo on rob and and causing just this mm -mm. um i just looked and yes maggie was the grandmother of sir rolf sir samuel and sir sybil spicer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and let's see maggie blah 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 with cersei thing uh yeah that's that's all we get about so i wonder if like they you know maybe that's like just the mo and like these daughters from this family get to marry up you know because they they have access to to magics and whatnot so they just keep you know marrying up higher and higher and higher (laughs) yeah basically um so yeah they so the so long story short they agreed to do this the, and Tywin was you know in league and they're supposed to get all kinds of goodies out of this there's gold to be had there are good marriages to be made she lady sybil reminds uh Jamie that there are sons that need to be taken care of as well and uh everything is just very very transactional very matter of fact she doesn't seem to have any talking about lady sybil here not so much mm-hmm, an mm-hmm. ounce of like remorse or regret or like nothing. Just like this is, yeah. this is just what we do on Thursdays. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so fucking cold. It's wild. And then Jamie has a recommendation for somebody to marry one of her sons, and it's a bastard. And she is just like, excuse me? She is livid. <laughs> oh, she is so angry that he would even suggest mm-hmm. such a thing. It's actually fair. He doesn't suggest it. It's been put out there already by his father, I think. And apparently his dad did not inform mm. her. So when Jamie is like, well, that person is a bastard, she's like, she what now? Because that was just left out of the conversation. Oh, right. Because the way this is phrased is so weird. Because um, she says to him, mention was made for a match for him. Talking about one of these other uh, people that this this Reynald, Reynald, who I think is another son or somebody. And she says, um, mention was made of a match for him as well, a bride from Casterly Rock. Your Lord Father said that Reynald should have joy of him if all we if all went as we hoped. So should have joy of him. So when I read that, I thought she meant, oh well, he's going to have a good time. They're going to like take care of him. <laughs> oh, oh, I but, see. Yeah, no, have joy is is marriage. Okay. Wait, have joy is marriage. Yeah. So, but joy is the actual name of a person. Wait. Do you, I think, do you see what I'm saying? Wait a minute. I thought it was, like, because, so joy is the name? So, yeah, she. So, I misunderstood, because I was reading this via audiobook. So, joy is capitalized? Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. I thought it was have joy, like, in, uh. For example, the Jane Austen books, Shall I Wish You Joy? Like, when do I get to wish you joy? It's always like, oh, when are you getting married? Right. So so I thought have joy of him was like, well, when? Right. Him, so I, I, thought, I thought I read it the same way, but came with a different conclusion. I thought the way you did, which was that this was just sort of a, a turn of phrase that means a thing, right? You You thought it meant like, you know, marriage. I thought it meant like, you know, we're going to take care of you. But Jamie says back to her when she says this, joy with a capital J, because when she says Reynolds should have joy of him, that's lowercase j. Jamie says, joy is my late Uncle Jerrion's natural daughter. Betrothal can be arranged if that's what you want, but he'll need to wait because joy was only nine or ten last time I saw her. So she is saying have joy of him, but she doesn't know what that meant. If she if it's not capitalized in her sentence. Oh, interesting. So he said, like, you'll have joy, and she took it probably the way you and I I are. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. 
Yeah, huh. yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> uh, and this, but then, long story short, that's when uh, she finds out that this person that's that's being discussed is a bastard, and she is insulted. <laughs> yeah indeed and she says you want a westerling to wed a bastard and jamie snaps a little bit no more than i want joy to marry the son of some scheming turncloak bitch she deserves better i said jamie fucking lannister if you don't come through (laughs) i absolutely (laughs) fell over on that one i did not recall him just saying this to her (laughs) face face in front of her salad right in front of her fucking salad yeah completely caught me off guard and i like i know that he he jamie just says what he thinks a lot of the Mm -hmm. time but i always imagine as he develops as a character that he learns to keep his mouth shut more and And he does in general but when somebody really gets to him, he still says Yeah, shit. he does. And I just forget. I think, too, that he is more mindful so that when he does pop off like this, it's because he fucking means it. Like, mm-hmm. before he just said shit that he meant, but he didn't think about it. Now he's thinking about it and still deciding to say it, which I yeah. just, I love that for him. And he also says to her, to this woman, to Sybil, he says, uh, your daughter is worth 10 of you. Like, so he just does not see it for Lady Sybil at all. No, nope. and it's really funny because it feels very much like he is holding her to a standard, which I it, like. She was complicit in what happened at the red wedding, but so was your whole fucking family, Jamie. You know, and I guess yeah. I guess he could tell himself, well, there was no expectation for my family to behave in any other way because we were at war, despite the fact that them violating guest rights should be like a shameful thing and that whole family should be shunned quite frankly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but jamie is talking to this woman lady sybil and treating her much worse i guess because on its face she was supposed to have some kind of loyalty to rob but there was never any real loyalty because this was a whole scam from the beginning so so is she a turncloak not really no more than you are or your your family mm. was you know so i just think it's really interesting the energy he's bringing to her toward, towards this woman um and i might even say he might be projecting a little bit maybe there's just nobody else around to be mad at anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point actually just like directing it to anybody who is around that feels like they were orchestrating mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. Everybody who was affected is a, a bystander. Yep. And, you know. Even yeah. when he's talking to her, he thinks to himself, even from the grave, Lord Tywin's dead hand moves us all, you know. But there's no dad to yell at anymore. So they uh, <sighs> they decide that he's going to, where's he sending them? They're going to go back to somewhere tomorrow. He's sending them with Edmure. Oh, I guess they're going to go to Cashley Rock. So he's putting them on the road. Um, this poor girl, this poor girl, her trust is all torn up. Uh, and then what else? Oh, he has a conversation with the phrase, Walter, Walter Rivers and what's the other one's name? There's a Rivers and a Frey. I forget the first, I forget the Frey's first name now. I don't remember either. 
um Ryman. Oh my god, girl. I just realized something. I know this is not to do with the book. I'm so sorry. But earlier I was trying to like tell Rashawn that her sound, she sounded so soft to me. Rashawn, tell me how I just figured out that there is a up and down on my headphones that I've been Girl. by accident. I didn't even know that Girl. was there. All this time. <laughs> oh, I'm out here just being like, I have the volume all the way up. Why can't I hear her? But that was on my computer. <laughs> the headphones have a whole separate function. Where's your that doesn't seem like that should be Where's your volume button on your headphones? It's like on the cord up near my okay, ear. Okay, so we have the same set of headphones then. Uh, we, we don't, don't, but it's like a similar okay. setup. Having bought your headphones and mine. That's funny. They are not the same. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry guys. I just like all of a sudden she was so much louder and I was like, what just happened? And then I realized I was leaning Oh, wait, on wait, something. wait. Wait. What? Wait. What? 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 My, my sound went all the way down. <laughs> uh, were you playing with of it? Of course I was. You stupid. Stop touching shit. Oh my God. <laughs> Mine was an accident. <sighs> all right. All right, ma'am. You keep your hands yep, to yourself. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm like a toddler. You can't just tell me there's something there. <laughs> uh. um, all right. So, oh, it's, so it's Ryman Frey, I think, and Walder Rivers. Is that who's left? That sounds or right, yeah. Edwin. It's either Ryman or Edwin. Uh, where is it? Lord have mercy. <laughs> It's the kind of thing where I want to be like, it doesn't matter, but I don't know. Maybe mm. it matters. It's very hard to know what matters in these books sometimes. <laughs> they, the, 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 the takeaway really is that there's like, um, what are we all doing after this is over? And there's also, there's been this subplot that I haven't really cared that much about, but it, it, I probably mm. should, where we, we have so many phrases out there, but there's like this, this Black Walder who is out in these streets who's a real menace and as phrase continue to drop like flies the odds of him actually running shit gets like you know more and more possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's and one of these phrases whose name i can't remember is just like well shit my dad died and now there's only me left between black walder and the twins <laughs> like it's just me now <laughs> Uh-oh. And that feels like a real problem. <laughs> it does. I uh the I don't want Jamie having anything to do with them anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like the phrase have served their purpose. Can we just delete them from the fucking board? I really wish we at this I point? wish we could. There's there's you know we're out man now. There's too many of them. We can't mm. uh so there's this, there's a conversation about about that about who could be in charge and uh, they're going back and forth about whether or not Black Walder is even at the twins that somebody is like he's supposed to be a sea guard and um oh my god if you'll pardon me for intruding on your grief he says we have other matters to consider when you return to the twins please inform Lord Walder that King Tommen requires all the captives you took this is Jamie trying to get everybody that's left back and the phrase are like 
uh, but they're worth something though. Why would we just give them to you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them says like he will expect recompense, and Jamie says we all have expectations. <laughs> You guys, I laugh so hard oh. at that. It's so, it says Jamie said mildly. And there's something about that he said it mildly that makes it hit even harder. <laughs> like, he's just kind of going, sweetie. I'm sure he does. That sounds like a him problem. <laughs> like, oh man, that killed me. I love that so much. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm trying to think after the uh, uh, there's talk about the Westerlings again because uh, Jamie is looking for someone in particular, he's looking for this Reynold Westerling who is the guy that he had been talking to Lady Sybil about and trying to confirm if the guy's even alive. And these these phrase slash rivers dudes are not super helpful, they're just like, there were a lot of people that died, a thousand corpses, they were in the river, they all look the same now. <laughs> And Jamie says, I heard the same is true of hanged men, which feels very, very, very pointed. Like he is. Yes, it does. Uh, he's, a, he's a little sassy he's one. He's Jamie. He's very, very sassy in this chapter. So uh, then we have him kind of uh, sparring with Sir Ellen Payne again. And even more impressive than the sparring, which Jamie is still doing terrible at, but getting better, but still terrible is they have now added wine to their little evenings. Yeah. And Jamie uses this opportunity to just trauma dump. He does <laughs> trauma everything dump. Everything yeah. on the Like it, We've seen bits and pieces of this before, but I feel like this chapter we get a really, really good example and a good understanding. He is telling all of his business, including the fact that he fucks his sister. And then... Yep. These kids are his kids. He is giving, he all the tea. Now, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Why is that? Because I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Now, Mm. I understand this. Ellen Payne is, is probably the best for this job, right? As far as we know, he cannot read. He cannot write. He cannot speak. If you're going to tell someone all of your most secret secrets, this is exactly who you want it to be, right? What I don't like about it is we are drinking and I don't know who's in the bushes. I don't know who's out there. Who's lurking? Who's in the trees? Because I'm a paranoid bitch. That's how I move through the world. So I don't like any of this. Even though it probably doesn't have anything to do with anything. I can't imagine George Martin is even interested in going in this way. But when I read this, all I could think was, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing don't tell him that no <laughs> i was so upset oh that's funny. i was so upset reading this and uh after it's all done this the most amazing thing happens jamie says after he's done talking to sir Ellen about like all the shit he's like um what would what would we do about Cersei? Everything is in the book except for the stuff that has to do with Cersei. And Sir Ellen does the fucking finger across the throat, right? Like take her head off. Right. And Jamie is just like, no. Tom and has already lost everything. 
you know, and if I if I am the one that killed his mother, this is, was super interesting. He doesn't say I could never kill my sister. I love her too much. He says I can't do that because Tommen would never forgive me for killing his mother, which was not the Jamie Lannister response I expected. Hmm. And when he says that, he says he would hate me for it, and that sweet little wife of his would find a way to turn that hatred into a benefit for Highgarden. And Sir Ellen smiled in a way that Jamie did not like, an ugly smile, an ugly soul. And Jamie says to him, you talk too much, which is actually very funny. <laughs> but that smile that Sir Ellen smiles at the thought of the most terrible things happening, which would be Tom and turning against his father, uh, Marjorie being able to use that to you know hurt them even more and the seeming real fucking pleasure sir ellen takes in the thought of it i don't know y'all jamie i know you need friends but come on now (laughs) there's a part of me that enjoys that like the friend that he has is like you definitely should kill that bitch because (laughs) as much as this is i understand your feelings of like i don't like this i can't help but be like maybe this is the balance that jamie needs to his like (laughs) fervent love that he's been feeling he needs somebody to be like or (laughs) decapitate her i don't know i don't know i wonder if this had any influence on him deciding to burn that possibly i mean i think it's like i said i think it's very very telling that when he's talking about you know how he uh because first of all, one of the things I, I kind of glossed over, but when he's when he's talking to Ellen, talking at him, he um says something about what is he going to do about Kettle Black, and he says, "Do you think my sister kisses him?" And they have a whole conversation about how whores don't kiss on the mouth. It's something Tyrion told him once. Conversation. <laughs> I mean, monologue would be the word I would choose, but sure, conversation. Why not? Um, and. He and this is why he's saying, you know, like, and uh, I don't think it would be okay if I killed a sworn brother. So, you know, what are my options? Oh, maybe I can geld him and send him to the wall. I should do that, you know. And he's he's just like sort of rambling. It's like a drunk rambling is what what Jamie is really doing here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but then it ends with the whole thing with Ellen just seeming to take way too much. Anticipatory, anticipatory pleasure in the thought of Cersei getting her head lopped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some may say none, <laughs> but yes. Um, I also just want to mention that he says he had one of his better nights in the fight that he only would have been killed yes. twice. <laughs> and I really, I don't know how much this means that he's actually getting better or if it was just like, I had a good night. Yeah, you know what I true, mean? True. I am kind of curious about what George is, is picturing. But I um, will say that they, you know, when they were doing this on the show, they had him training with Bronn. And though he was never himself again, they had him, if I recall, become sort of an adequate, you know, with, with the sword. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's barely getting there <laughs> in mm-hmm. the books. There's also a uh, strong boar who is taking off and he's just like, 
Dude, I need to get into a fight. Like, there is no glory in just having sat here while they open their mm-hmm. gates. Like, this isn't what I'm looking for. And he says that he wants to either take down the Hound or Barrick. And Jamie is like, look, you could take the Hound if you can take the Hound. But Barrick needs to die in front of witnesses because otherwise nobody is going to believe right, I love that. And I appreciated yeah, yeah. that. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to just, like, just move a little bit forward. I feel like I got, like, got us kind of bogged down here, but, um, No, 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 it's fine. Um, so after that conversation with our strong board about Barrick, and, uh, they don't, they still don't know about, um, what's going on with the Blackfish and where he is and what else is happening here. Oh my God. This fucking, he, <laughs> he. Em and Frey again. <laughs> oh my god. This dude does not know just, ugh, just, how to just let shit go and mm-hmm. shut up. And we have Jamie thinking about he needs to get back to King's Landing. His place needs to be with his son. And he starts to wonder to himself, would Tommen even want to know the truth of the matter? Uh, would he even believe yeah. me if I told him? Uh, Cersei would tell Tommen and anyone else who listens that it was a lie who would believe me um, and then what really blew my mind is Jamie starts to imagine a world in King's Landing with Tommen as king with Cersei out of the picture what do you if think? Cersei can be put aside he says maybe Kevin would come back as the hand like this is how do we get here? Mm. Uh, and so he starts thinking about like options, you know. Um, and he lands on Littlefinger, like you know he'd be really good. His 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 estimation of Littlefinger is is so inaccurate, like everybody else's. It's fucking I, like I had a good like chuckle out loud reading it because <laughs> he's like you know Littlefinger was amiable as he was clever, but he's too lowborn to be a threat. And he doesn't have any, and he doesn't have any of his own swords. Like, how misinformed could you possibly be? It's not Jamie's fault, yeah. but no, but no, like you just like you do not have a, a, a an accurate understanding of that particular situation, and and boy, do you have a surprise coming? <laughs> yeah, this is the the idea that he. I mean, I really wonder what Littlefinger would do if he heard he was being considered for hand like because he has his own whole plan going yes, on yes. you know and being hand it feels like that's just circumventing all of the the headache and maybe would be like you know what scrap well, my well, shit this is you, great i'll do this but maybe well, not. he's also mentioned Littlefinger, how you know cersei's ineptness ended up like he was counting on it, but he didn't think she'd be so bad that it's, it's kind of messing his plans up, but not in like a terrible way. Just kind of like moving them up a little faster than he had anticipated. So I feel like the hand thing would be very similar for him where he'd be like, oh shit, I was expecting this on page 45, but it's only page 12 and here we are. All right, I can adjust. Because if it's one thing Littlefinger can do, this motherfucker can adjust. Yeah, he is an <laughs> adaptable creature for sure. That's actually something that I just wrote. There was like a, a section of that guided journal I've been telling mm-hmm. you about before we started. And it was like, what's a word that you want to be part of the way you live this month? And I put adaptable. Mm. 
because I am not. A bitch needs things to be the way she planned them to be or else she panics and freaks out. And I would like to be able to roll with the punches mm. a little bit more and not, yeah. you know, need to cling like that. I'm not going to really comment because, you know, you know, <laughs> I am both entirely too adaptable while yet simultaneously not being very adaptable at all as I get older. You're adaptable when forced by others, mm. but when it is for yourself, you are <laughs> On your own behalf, no. I mean, I don't recall asking you. <laughs> I just said it. Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Did you see that meme that I posted? Uh, like, I think it was just earlier this week. And it was um, like having mental illness while being extremely logical is very hard because bitch do you think i don't know my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i just went and found it and this and it, she replied to herself saying i know when my mind goes off on a tangent but it just feels like the logical side of me is held hostage whilst my neurotic side wreaks havoc and i was like oh stop describing me to myself gives you the right i don't like it but yeah Anyway, so uh, he has this conversation with Thomas Seven Strength, who basically is like, I'm going to stay here. The, you know, weather is changing. It's real cozy. Their singer left and they don't have anybody. And I am more than happy to try and earn my keep. And Jamie advises him to play to Gemma and be like, yeah, she's know, the- doing some body yeah. shit and just appeal yeah, she's to She's the one that fucking matters. I love that. Mm-hmm. She's the one that matters. I love that so much. I might make that like a tagline for something somewhere maybe <laughs> in my Facebook bio. She's <laughs> no, I probably won't. I have to find something else for it. <laughs> um, and and Tom says when Jamie says that she's the one that matters, he's like, "Not you." And that's when he's like, "Yeah, no, my place is with the king. I can't stay here any longer." Um, he, uh, oh my god. <laughs> when he's just like uh i'm sorry you're leaving i know better songs than the reigns of casimir by the way (laughs) oh i love that line Mm -hmm. just like yeah you know i wouldn't do that shit over and over again like some hacks i know and then we have the dream yeah this 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 fucked me up a little bit you guys yeah and at first he sees this woman and he thinks it's cersei and when he looks at her, he begins to realize it's his mm-hmm. mother, but she never actually says no. that. He wanted her to say it, and she yep. doesn't. And he says, this is a dream. And she says, is it? Count your hands, child. One. One hand clasped tight around the sword hilt. Only one. In my dreams, I always have two hands. And there's something about that line that he always has two hands in his mm-hmm, dreams mm-hmm. that gets to me so yeah. bad like dreams are something that you know there are states of being that we sort of like mentally can remain in until we are reminded it's not the way it used to mm-hmm. be and dreams will really do that you know you have dreams about people as if they're still around when they've yep. died because in your mind they still kind of are mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. Or I have dreams that I'm still thin mm. all the time. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, 
but the idea of like losing a hand and dreaming that you still have it would absolutely happen. Yeah. I would have to imagine. I'm, I'm sure like, that that is a very, very common thing. And she says, when he says that to her, she says, we all dream of things we cannot have, which there it is. Mm-hmm. And then she fucking throws some shade on Tywin. She's just for like, like just out of nowhere. She's like, Tywin dreamed that his son would be a great knight and that his daughter should be a queen. And he dreamed that they would be so strong and brave and beautiful that no one would ever laugh at them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Jamie says, but I am a knight. And Cersei is a queen. And the woman cries a little and raises her hood and then like walks away from him. And then he's just kind of left behind with the kind of like don't leave me desire to yell out to her. She, And it says, but of course she left them long ago. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> I just wanted her I wanted her to actually say to him, Yeah, but everybody's laughing at you all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, she does not. You know, she like does not. Um keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Uh and this bit too I thought was really beautiful. It just says her as he's describing her walking away and it says uh, her skirt whispering lullabies as it brushed across the floor. Uh, yeah it was really pretty and so yeah this is when he wakes up and realizes that it started snowing his fire has gone out the window has blown open and fucking winter is here the winter has reached the riverlands and he's like it's probably snowing in king's landing or it will be soon um we get a little winter is coming energy and mm-hmm. uh right <laughs> and then uh he wakes up oh there's a moment where he's just like he starts thinking um about like what are we going to do for the people in King's Landing? Because like, they're going to starve. We're not ready. We don't have enough food stored. And he thinks mm-hmm. like, what would his dad do to feed everybody? And then he remembers, Oh wait, no, that, that dude's dead though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamie had a rough night. He did. And, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, He's got a lot on his mind. He really does. And like talking to Ellen is, is helpful in some respects, it seems, but, but it's not enough. Yeah. And um, the next... He's looking for somebody to dump on, but he's not really looking for, like, an actual friend who he can give and take with. Right. Well, he's not really interested, I think, I don't think, in most people's advice. You Agree. Know? Doesn't really care what other people think he should do in these moments. Um, So then he gets a knock on the door, and this is the news. Jamie is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Winter has come. We all know. We can see. It's snowing. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy has to be like, "Uh, first of all, calm down. (laughs) That's not what I'm here for. (laughs) This raven is from King's Landing. And uh, and I also, I read it. My bad. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I didn't, I I didn't know. So I just opened. I'm so sorry. Who does this? So it is really like, who trained you? (laughs) Uh, and it's it's the note from Cersei from Kyburn, and it is what we already knew. She should have said way more than this. Come at once. Help me. Save me. I need you now. 
I love you. I love you. I love you. Come at once. And this dude is like, all right, what am I writing back? And Jamie says, not a goddamn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that should not make me laugh that hard. But it is funny. I am so sorry. Yep. But, oh, that, like, write it back. Right? Nah. (laughs) We don't do that here. (laughs) <laughs> be for fucking real <laughs> and uh, yeah it says throw, he crumples up the note and says throw it in a fire and that is how that shit ends yep yeah and then we go to Sam's weird ass chapter yeah okay so Samwise our friend Sammy Samwise oh <laughs> ma'am that's my dog's name everybody it's not my fault it's not my fault what what so now i'm a bad person for loving my dog is that what you're saying (laughs) anyway all right sam well somehow when you say it like that (laughs) i I do as ever could i feel like no but listen though When you say it like that, that could be the whole chapter of any of Sam's <laughs> chapters. Sam. Well. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole chapter. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, <sighs> it, it's, it's not that Sam's chapters don't move things along. They absolutely do. It's just that they're so disconnected from everything else that's happening. It feels like on the surface that very often at the end of his chapter, I'm like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. I guess. I mean, it was good to read. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but um, I okay. do want to know what's going on with Samwell, right? But so I feel like this isn't answering any of my questions, though. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So they have uh arrived in Old Town finally. It took so long to get here. Such a long time. My yeah. God. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just checking my garage band real quick. It's still counting and everything. It's just doing that thing where it doesn't move and you know how that makes me uh, nervous. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, they finally fucking made it, you guys. That shit was forever long. <laughs> yeah. So this this chapter, when I was actually sort of like surprised by some things that I had forgotten. Um. Gilly, first of all, is really growing fond of the baby that she has custody of now. Yeah. In a way that seems like she has, I don't want to say just like got over the loss of her own child, but there's a real sense of having come to accept the situation for what it is. Yeah. I guess. There's also, it's being written about honestly now where they don't, they no longer write it as Gilly's baby. They say Dallas babe now. Yeah. Um, and she, when he like has to leave her for a little bit, he is really, I was expecting her to be like, no, 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 don't leave. But she's just like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gilly has just, she's very strong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something has, something has shifted for her. Yeah. Um, the last time we saw her, they were about to fuck for the first time, I think. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what did it. Like a Sam's dick, really? Is he putting it down like that? <laughs> but but something has changed. Sam, I get the impression from Sam that he's like average in bed, but he's so passive that you could just kind of do what you need. And so it winds up being good, but not really because of him. I feel like he's so eager to please. You could just tell him whatever you needed and he would be super earnest about it. Okay. And like also that. it would be sort of clumsy at the beginning, but he's so eager to please that he would be like, like a really good student. You know, like, <laughs> like fucking, fucking Simon from Misfits. In, I, in Misfits, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're hot for him too. So. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> um. But anyway, anyway, sorry, everybody who hasn't watched Misfits, go watch Misfits, then you will get it. Um, But before we even get to that part, they are coming across a lot of ships that have been rammed and boarded and sacked. Yeah. And they all have this weird, like, standard that... Nobody knows who the banner is. Yeah. But we know who it is. Yeah, we know who it is. And it's it's wild because you don't generally see this type of activity here, right? Mm-hmm. People are not just rolling up in, into this area, into Old Town or whatever. And then when you find out who it is, the, the banner description um, is... Uh, Let's see. One that Sam had never seen before, a red eye with a black pupil beneath a black iron crown supported by two crows. So we all know immediately that's Euron and that's the Ironborn. And they are really out here doing all the shit he said that he wanted them to do. Mm-hmm, they are mm-hmm. all the way. And then it's even more um, sort of mystifying to everybody is because, yeah, the Ironborn go out and they raid, but then they go home. And, and the words of the guy they're talking to they snatch up a couple girls, they snatch up a couple animals, some gold, and then they bounce. Yeah. But that's not what these people are doing. This is some different shit. And we yeah. find out that one of the things they pulled was they pulled over a ship of um, Tyroshi people, I think, maybe? Yes. And <laughs> board that this is ship. kind of funny. Right? Get rid of all the, the crew. I'm assuming murder them. At least dump them overboard. Put all their clothes on, dye their hair and beards and shit in the Tyroshi fashion, and then try to sneak into Old Town under, like, because, you know, like, they're just regular folks. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that they get caught is because somebody tries to speak to them, and they can't speak the language. I love this so much. (laughs) The idea that they're just, like, sweet, because they almost get away with this. Does does Euron have, like, weird, like, certain type of, like, Trump energy? Like, Oh, no. I don't like that. Like, I'm just going to convince you all that we can do this crazy shit. And, yeah, I'm just going to dress up and pretend to be them. Language? Nah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, no. Ma'am, you're going to have to take that whole thing right out of my head. I do not appreciate that connection at all all uh, i i think Ugh. i i think i can laugh because i still haven't seen exactly just how dangerous Euron is but also the person i'm making fun of is also really fucking dangerous too so i don't know true maybe, true true maybe true, it true. does track maybe it does <laughs> <laughs> but uh um but yeah this this results in there's a moment so you know we had a rain waters go off with cersei's ships mm-hmm. and be like gonna pirate now bye 
And there is a point where they come across a war galley and they get flanked by two other smaller ones. And Sam is like, oh, thank God, it's the stag and lion banner. And I was like, oh, no, because I kind of thought, yeah, that's to make you think it's all official. And then it's going to be that fucking guy. Right. But it didn't occur to me that very likely Arane Waters isn't going to fly the king's banners to no. do his dirty work. I'm thinking like, oh, that's genius to go ahead and do that to put people at ease and then, you know, basically hit them from behind. <laughs> Not that way. <laughs> but um, I have to imagine that that would add some kind of extra penalty to everything. Although he stole their drum. It's like he's going to get killed for that yeah, if he gets caught anyway, I, right? The, the, the crime committed, like at, like flying those banners falsely would just be adding another charge. It's But he's already losing his head for what he's yeah. done. So, you know, what does he have to lose at this point? Right? He, he could absolutely do that. Um, it's not going to make him, you know, they can't kill him twice. Right. You know? Um, I think though that there's something about um a rainwaters, and I can't really put my finger on it, but I don't think he would do that though, and I don't really mm. have anything to support that, but I just don't think that he would. I think that most he would do is use those flags to like try to get out of trouble or navigate some areas, but I don't think he'd use them to like raid and and attack. you know what I mean, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's something. I don't know, you guys. I wish I had got to know him a little bit better because I really don't know. But there's something that makes me just think that he would use those banners to cover his ass and save his ass, but not necessarily to, like, attack someone else. Right. I don't know. But, um. (laughs) It ends up being who does it end up being though that pulls up side to them? It's uh somebody who's coming to inspect and make sure that they're not basically doing the thing right and pretending right. to be somebody else. So they go in and inspect their hold and that's everything, right. and then the guy in charge is like, "Yeah, I'm real sorry, guys, that we even have to do this. It's a shame that I've got to make like decent people yeah that's undergo right. this inspection, but they fucking have ruined shit for everybody. <laughs> so what can you do? Yeah." Um, um, I don't know. I did appreciate him apologizing. I'll say that. Yeah, he, he, he's in like a he's been put in a really weird position, right? It doesn't have a lot of dignity to it. Yeah. Um. So it's just like, oh, this, 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 and the actions of these savages have just sullied all of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's degraded all of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. So, Sam. Uh. After all this is done, Sam finally is able to make it to the Citadel, which felt like. It took, again, forever for this to happen. And he makes his way there, and he meets this bureaucrat behind this desk who is just like, have a seat. There's also this thing running through the back of Sam's mind where he's, like, hopeful that nobody recognizes him because his father is such a dick. And yeah. He has such a bad reputation. Sam doesn't want anybody to know who he is. I love that because his dad's name carries so much weight. In Westeros. Yeah. That I feel like this is like one of the first times that Sam has ever been like, that could be a bad thing for yeah. me here. You I know? love it. It says the way it says, it says, uh, where is it? Lord Randall Tarley was known in Old Town, but little loved. And that is such a great, great sense. You know, like, because mm-hmm. you can be very well known. You can be very, very pop, 
you know, powerful. Uh, it does not mean that that brings you any kind of safety. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> it's like that joke with uh, Monty Burns is on the bus and somebody is like, hey, aren't you that guy that everybody hates? And he goes, no, I'm Monty Burns. <laughs> Some of those jokes really do just last. They withstand the test of time, as they say. Um, so, yeah, this dude tells him to sit. And Sam waits a long-ass time before somebody is finally like, you got to give him some money or else yeah. he's not going to. And I'm really wondering what the fuck Sam was supposed to do without getting the these explicit instructions. Because... I would not know that's what this man was waiting for. I wouldn't be picking up on this. I have to imagine that the whole time this guy at the desk is like, I can't believe this motherfucker doesn't realize he needs to give right? me something. Like, how He's much longer? still sitting right? there like, come on, man. Get you know, it together. And I'm very curious how long he would have let him sit there. Because at some point, even he has got to be like, all right, dude, just give me a dollar. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Just like this guy getting so impatient that normally mm -hmm. he doesn't put it in bald terms or he asks for a lot more. Right. And he's just like, oh, you, I just feel bad for you, man. <laughs> just give me 50 cents. I don't know. Whatever you got on you, it's fine. And Sam is watching people come and go all fucking day as well. And I thought it was interesting. I don't believe there's any mention of Sam noticing anybody else giving this guy money or handing him anything you know no so, i don't think so so like how was he to know you bring yep. up a really good point <laughs> and, and so i just think of this because i am the sort of oblivious person that wouldn't get it and then mm -hmm. i would like it would be the sort of thing that would wake me up at night years later oh, where right, i would remember right. that one time that i was sitting there Abs waiting like a jackass absolutely. not getting it you know absolutely Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> everybody um, pity me <laughs> so he goes at one point sam goes up to the fucking guy and he's like dude what the fuck and the guy's just like uh you know he's very very important and sam's <laughs> like well i came all the way from the wall and the guy goes well then you will have no trouble going a little bit farther to that bench that bench right over there and sends him back to the so bench so <laughs> rude so very rude like uh. this is the opportunity to be like you know what would speed things up I've heard some people, you know, give Sam something. Exactly. Give Sam something. He gives him absolutely nothing. But it's ass to kiss. It is hysterical. <laughs> you won't mind going just a little bit farther. <laughs> oh, fuck. So he's in this bench. He's like, he has fallen asleep. He's taking a nap. And then finally somebody comes and sits down next to him. And, and it's the guy who tells him you need to slip him a little money or you're going to be here till you die. Yeah. And um, Sam ends up, this guy's like, what brings you here from the Night's Watch? And Sam ends up, like, being kind of honest. Yeah, he fucking tells them the entire story. Uh, and I, and like I did with Jamie, I always get really nervous when people just blurt out all their business to people that aren't properly vetted, you know? So he tells, I love this too, the guy is like, um, Sam is like, how could you tell I was of no, noble birth? 
He's always surprised. <laughs> yeah. He's always surprised. Um, and this guy says his name is, is uh, Alaris uh, by some called Sphinx. And this is a thing that Eamon had said. Oh, right. right? Yes. The, the Sphinx is the riddle, not the Riddler. Yep. And Sam says that out loud. And he's like, do you know what it means? Sam. <laughs> just calm down. Just bring it down a little bit. You know, just, just a smidge. <laughs> so do you remember? No. That's no. fair. Don't yeah, even that's... finish. Yeah, don't even finish the sentence. No. <laughs> we had heard... And and it's in Ariane's chapters a couple times, like, um, that, oh, you know, leave her to her game. And there is a, a cousin, a sand snake named Sorella. Everybody is pretty sure this is, like... Alaras name is Sorella backwards. It sure is. It's specifically mentioned that he has a beautiful face and a widow's peak, which is a signature of the Red Viper. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are pretty certain that this is Sorella Sand, and that he like opens up because not because like there's a sort of like fate element for me but something in him is like this is the person that i should tell everything to because they are on the side of the targaryens mm. and that's like something in sam can like feels that right you know um but yeah anyway so that's who that's who this is uh, interesting and i love that uh because when he says uh that's what he says back to sam when sam was like how you tell i was of noble birth same way you can tell that i'm half dornish right mm. yep so he uh drops mr amon's name and that has it, it it sticks with your theory that does it has their desired impact <laughs> and uh I almost called him Sorellus. Alaris, <laughs> Alaris is really impressed. Um, are you sure? Are you talking about Maester Aemon? Uh, Aemon Targaryen? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and um, this person is really impressed. He was the oldest man on Westeros, lived through more history than anyone has ever learned. He could have told us so much. How old was he? 102. And this guy was like, well, what the fuck was he doing at sea at that big age? And Sam has to think, again, like, how much do I say? Yeah. And he thinks, could could Eamon have met this person specifically? Nah, that seems unlikely. <laughs> and then he just tells him, you know, uh, Lord Snow sent him away to save his life. And then he talks a little bit about Stannis and Melisandre a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then once he starts talking, he doesn't mean to tell the whole story. But once he starts talking, he can't stop. And he ends up talking about Mance Raider, the Wildlings, the King's Blood, dragons. He's spilling all of the tea. Yeah. All of it. The Whites, the Others, everything. Everything. Casters, Crasters Keep. 
every fucking thing he is telling a goddamn stranger yep. you know, in the waiting room of the Citadel. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, doesn't it just feel like something in him just knows this is the person? I mean, I like that. I, I prefer that to the alternative. <laughs> Which is fucking... I don't want to think that he's a goddamn fool with no judgment. Yeah, fair. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I really don't feel like I have to say anything else. That pretty much covers it. It's just like, this is not like him. You know? It just isn't... This isn't how he normally reacts to situations. And I just feel like something... I don't know. There's... Or else Sorella Sand has, like, some power. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, 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 I get people to tell me shit. Which I would also be willing to accept. I mean, if I was a bitch, I almost said there's a whole lot of story left. I mean, that's not incorrect. (laughs) But you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good God. Good God. uh, truth in that mm-hmm. so um after all of this dumping uh, uh which alaris has listened to like in in rapture just like hasn't interrupted just listened to the whole fucking thing and uh fucking the only thing that that sam doesn't talk about is the stuff about bran which i think is really important to mention that's true. That he He's keeps that to yep, himself. That, yeah, that he doesn't share because he swore not to share it. Everything, He's a good boy, he is right. Even in this moment, he he he's mindful of the oath that he was not going to tell anybody about that. And even he's able to control himself when the rest of this feels very uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Which, which, t- to your line of thinking, that there's a, a reason Sam feels like he can trust them because of the Targaryens, and it's and they will be helpful for the sort of mission that Sam doesn't even fully realize he's on yet. Yeah. Uh. But he doesn't feel compelled to share about Bran because he has sworn the secret, and this compulsion isn't enough to override that that oath he took. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So then the guy hears all this story and is like, "You know what? Don't even bother spending your money. We got somewhere else to go." Uh. And he takes him. He takes Sam to this place called the Isle of Ravens to meet another. Uh, Archmaester, whose name I cannot remember. Marwyn. Well, is it Marwyn? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, this guy got some magic, y'all. <laughs> yeah, this dude is operating in a different place than the rest of the Citadel and has to kind of be on the DL about it because yeah. it is evidently it could get him killed. The The world of the Citadel, according to him, is this sort of age of reason, right? Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. no more There's no more magic in, in this world they're trying to build. They're building a world based on facts. Uh, and they're not interested in dragons and whites and, and magics and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, that's sort of like... And, it, and it, it, it tracks if you think of like our history, you know, when we are moving out of the dark ages in into the age of enlightenment and we're leaving like all of this superstition behind us, right? 
it feels very much like that's what the Citadel is also doing, you know, and taking mm-hmm. taking Westeros with it, taking civilization forward, leaving all of the, you know, superstition of our more barbarian age behind us. And the people who still entertain that those ways of thinking are heretics, you know. Yep. <laughs> And it's dangerous, dangerous work. It's dangerous business. And there's some other people before he gets like back to see Mar- what's his name, Marwin. Marwin, yeah. There's a, a like two or three people here. Um, one of them is someone that Sam knows, somebody named Leo Tyrell. Yes, we actually. This kid is from the pro the prologue, because remember the prologue was in. Yeah, yeah. well, that's going to come up in a minute for me because we meet a kid named Pate. Yeah, we do. And in the prologue, we met a kid named Pate, but Mm -hmm. that kid died. Yeah. So I don't know who this kid is. Yeah. (laughs) And it's weird, too, because I'm jumping ahead, but this kid, when he introduces himself, he's like, like the pig story. And the kid that we met at the beginning did not like. To be reminded that his name was like the pig story. Correct. <laughs> so who this? <laughs> Do you remember how Pate died? He goes to meet some shadowy figure because uh, mm-hmm. he wants to. He wants to like fucking. He wants to sleep with this girl, mm-hmm. or ma- or marry this girl, or sleep with this girl, or make this girl love him, or some shit. And. I don't remember exactly. He either gets convinced that this person can do something for him. I don't know if it's like a, a wizard or, or I don't know. But he goes to meet some shadowy figure. And then he kind of like drops to his knees. And if I'm not mistaken, we had a conversation like, did I know who the shadowy figure was? And it was either like, like I think I thought it was maybe one of those faceless men. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I thought it was the guy, like our guy, Jaken. I never say his name right. It is theorized it is Jaken. Oh, they think it might be him. Him? Yeah. He can't be every faceless man. There's got to be more than just him out there. Everyone can't be. Oh, there's him. more than there's more than one <laughs> faceless man, but nobody else by book readers. Is suspected to be like this is the accepted. Oh, okay. Jaken's face when he is described by the kid Pate when he sees him is it's, similar to the face that Arya last. Right, saw. right. So, so then does he take Pate's uh, identity after mm-hmm. he drops him on the on the dock that night? Yep. Oh shit. Yeah. It's a faceless man up in the mix, and Sam don't even know it. Is he for good? Is he for bad? He's an agent of chaos. I don't like it. And Sam is like, I don't know why, but I don't like this kid. And I'm like, see, Sam knows. Sam's got some instinct. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this last little Sam chapter. Yeah. So it's Leo Tyrell who Sam uh, does. <laughs> Sam got bullied by him, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and this kid doesn't like. He fucking is being rude to him and doesn't even know why. And then Sam is just like, oh, I know this fucking guy. This guy sees Sam and is like, oh, they'll take anything these days. Dogs and Dornishmen and pig boys and this, this, and now a fucking whale. Yep. Fuck you, dude. Yep. Fuck you. I don't even know you, but fuck you. <laughs> Sam. I is- think he was the one making the racist comments in the prologue that got you My in your feelings a little bit. God. Remember? Do I have to flip back to the prologue? 
No. Okay, I'm not going to. No. His, but yeah, he says uh, dusky dogs, Dornishmen, pig boys, cripples, cretins, and now a black clad whale. And here I thought leviathans are gray. And he's wearing a half cape striped in green and gold draped on one shoulder. And he's very handsome, though his eyes were sly and his mouth was cruel. Now, he's a Tyrell. Tyrells are, this is more like kind of their part of the world, right? This part of West Westeros. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not unusual to have a Tyrell out and about in these parts. Um, I You said we met him in the prologue. Did we, do we ever hear of him from any of the other, does he come up at all ever later? Like um, from the Tyrells that we know and love? I don't remember. Like, I just want to make sure. I don't think so. All right. So he's like nobody's son that they've been talking about or anything like that. No. Okay. So Sam tells him who he is. And Leo is just like, I guess you could be. Your father told everybody that you were dead. Or maybe he just wished you were dead. And are you still a craven? Which Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah, he sucks. He really does. He fucking sucks. And for some reason, Sam is like, no. And as a matter of fact, they call me the Slayer. <laughs> Sam, I love you, but just keep that to yourself, baby. Oh my God, the words Don't say just, that. The words just tumbled out. Natasha, what could he do? <laughs> <laughs> I hate this for him. So then Sam gets to see uh, Marwin. And um, the guy is, I knew you were coming. That's why um, the Sphinx was down there waiting for you. We knew you were showing up. He is got this room lit with dragon glass, um, which I thought we were going to have a much deeper conversation about, but we end up not doing we that. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some notes here from Austin, if you're interested. Of course. So first of all, there's some talk of Marwin. Miri Mazdur the Meiji who killed Cal Drogo said that she was trained by Marwin in human anatomy by watching him perform an autopsy. And Kyburn tells Jamie he is one of the only maesters Kyburn respects at the Citadel due to him pushing boundaries and questioning the establishment. Oh shit. These are not ringing endorsements. <laughs> and then we see that Marwin has lit an obsidian candle from Valyria, which is something he should not be able to do. We have learned in previous chapters that the night before an acolyte of the Citadel says his vows, he must stand vigil in a vault with nothing but the three black candles attempting to light them. Mm. According to the maesters, this ritual is is to show that even with all the knowledge one has acquired, there are still some things that are impossible. Marwin has succeeded, which shows he is capable of doing magic. Mm-hmm. Marwin wow. says he believes the Maesters are part of a conspiracy to end magic and that they are to blame for the death of dragons. Mm. So that, he says yeah. something about that. He says, um, uh, when he's talking to Sam about how Citadel thinks that there's a, you know, no place from sorcery or prophecy or glass handles or dragons. And he says, ask yourself why Aemon Targaryen was allowed to waste his life away upon the wall mm-hmm. when by right he should have been raised to Archmaester. It was his blood. His blood is why. He could not be trusted no more than I can. 
I really appreciated that because there had been a couple times in this that I was sort of like, you know, first reading this, I'm like, why? Like he, he's at the wall, which is kind of like where you put people you don't want to deal with anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's from a famous family. And I just figured, well, he decided like he made his choice so specifically yeah. and they didn't want to gainsay him. So they just let him do that. But there was a part of me that was sort of like, I guess. I, I, thought, I thought that as well. And when, and in, in very, very early in the books when John or Sam, but I think it's John ask him like, why are you here? And it felt like maybe Eamon didn't say it explicitly, but it sure as fuck felt like he basically said, I'm here. Cause I chose to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they tell it. What else? What else? I'm sorry, I got like turned around here. No, it's all right. Um, so yeah, he's talking about the magic of Valeria and how all of it's rooted in blood and fire. Um, and then he says something straight up about like, what do you think happened to all the dragons? Like, what do you think? Oh, here it is. Who do you think killed all the dragons? Gallant dragon slayers? <laughs> which, which he is says it with such a like. like and I'm thinking maybe and he, and he spits after he says it <laughs> um, but it's interesting because there had been so much talk about the dragons dying out yeah they just died out that I never thought for a second that people you know that they were killed that something or someone you know had to do that and I want to say this might be something I picked up in the show and not the books itself, or maybe this is just the legend people tell themselves that the dragons ended up dying out from just like sort of overbreeding and they stopped producing eggs. And yeah. that's why the more recent generations were so much smaller than the original dragons, because each time they just weren't as strong and as big as they had been before. But, but this guy is like, no, it didn't just happen. We, you know, somebody had to do that shit, which is to me was like something I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, um, he tells them all that, and then um, the Sphinx asks, uh, "Who is this talking?" Um, they ask, uh, Marwin. All right, you've got all this information now. What are we going to do? And he says, "I'm getting my ass to Slaver's Bay." Eamon couldn't get there to help her, Daenerys. So that's what I have to do now. And hopefully I'll get to her first. Um, because he's thinking, he calls them the gray sheep. That's that's who he means about the rest of the people at the Citadel, right? Yes, he's calling them sheep, which I'm not a huge Sheeple! fan of. Wake up, you know. sheeple. Uh, and it's basically like, they're going to get wind of this and they're going to send their people out there as well soon as they when they find out there's really dragons back in the world they're not going to tolerate it so i got to get to her first which is also fascinating to me that's something that doesn't really ever come up in the show the idea that there would be a power that would be like you know we we had in the show at least we had people we can't let daenerys be out in the world with dragons because she's a threat to us and our power but the idea that the citadel is like oh wait no we can't have dragons in the world period that's like right. a that's a different a different thing, and I, I'm kind of in, I'm into it. <laughs> um, and then he tells Sam, "What you're going to do is you're going to stay here. You're going to not tell them any of the fucking shit that you just told me, and you're going to be a good, perfect little novice. You're going to tell them all you've ever wanted to do was learn, 
and just, you know, and you're going to just do everything they want exactly the way they want so that they never have any reason to doubt or suspect you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I am, I don't know. I, uh, I kind of love Sam being an undercover op. Yeah, yeah. I do too. <laughs> just the concept of this. Yeah. And, uh, then he's gone. Then Marwin just like disappears and Sam is just like, wait, hold up. Where'd he go? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> right? God. And fucking, uh, uh, the Sphinx is like, oh, that motherfucker's going to the boat. He just told you. He, he, he didn't, he's not, he's literally going to the boat now on his way to Slaver's Bay. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Something about that just really tickled me. He is not a man who believes in wasting time. And then this is when he tells Sam, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. We knew you were coming. I was sent there to wait for you. Um, and Sam is like, how did he know I was coming? And Alaris just like nods at the candle. And uh, they tell him, you know, that there's a place for you to sleep. And uh, that's kind of how it ends. I have like a theory on, because, you know, all of a sudden, Maester Eamon starts having all of these dreams, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not dreams, visions. And um, it's mentioned, like, that the Black Candle is supposed to be able to even give men dreams. And I was like, is, was he sending Ooh. a message to him? And he was so close to death that he was, like, more receptive than usual? Or was his proximity, like, they were aware of it, and so they decided to give it a try because of his proximity? I like, love that. You know, I, I have no nothing to support this. It's yeah. just me going. Maybe. I do love the idea of like the closer you are to death, the thinner the veil is between the two, and then mm -hmm. you become much more open to sort of otherworldly experience experiences. So, um, if you were going to try to contact somebody psychically, that would be a really good way to do it. Also, doing it while someone's asleep through dreams is another like way to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is all like, I, I like to think that since this guy, this Marwin guy is heading towards Daenerys, this bit of the story, I will get to get in the next book. Mm. So that makes me happy. I don't know if we stay with Sam in old town because old town is not like they've traveled quite a distance. So I don't know if you're thinking about the book being split up, you know, by region or geographically, I'm not really sure if we've check back in with Sam in the next book but I feel pretty confident I will get to see Marwin in the next book and see what's going on with him and Daenerys and all that so that made me happy a lot happier than I was at the end of the Jamie chapter because that felt so fucking final yeah yeah that's the uh, that's the end of the book it's just like oh and by the way there's probably a face with some in here bye yep 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 <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, we're gonna be starting that next book. Everybody, Rashawn's a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. She's she's doing her best, but mm -hmm. not knowing that there's two more books to go that we're likely not gonna get. You know, it can wear on on us. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm starting to really feel the things that you guys have been feeling for over a decade. So you'll have to forgive me because it's very fresh for me. Like a lot of you all have resigned yourself and, you know, to whatever will happen, will happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, this is, you know, a year ago, I was thought it was funny and making jokes because I wasn't a book reader. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. So it's, it's, 
it's really frustrating if you can try to remember what it was like. <laughs> um, I am very ambivalent about this next book because I know that that's, that's it. And the story is not completed. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I don't know. Like, I know we have to do it. We started this pro- project and unlike George Martin, we like to finish the things that we start. So I know oh! we're going to do it. <laughs> From the hip. <laughs> All right, then. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would I have to be honest. There's a part of me that just wants to like tap out now and just like, let's just call it a wrap. And I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll read the book on my own and, you know, in like a weekend and call it, call it a day. But that is not what we said we would do. It so, is not. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go into the next book. I'm going to try to be present and not constantly worried about not getting a completion and just see if how long I can sustain it. And, you know, we'll see how it goes, guys. <laughs> well, that's the best we can ask for. Well. No, it's not for a lot, but you know, we won't. It's the best you're going to get. It's the best we're getting. Um, so I can't believe we're done with this one though. Like it just snuck snuck up on me. Yeah. I was not prepared fully for how this was going to. Yeah. But here we are. And reminder, everybody listening, Rashawn and I just started the hunger games. Our first recording on chapters one through three was yesterday. That was so good. You guys, I, so much, I wasn't so much better than I expected. Mm -hmm. It just was really good. I am so excited to read these in there. I was, you know, mm, I usually am, you know? Oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they were so good. Hope you guys Mm -hmm. hang out with us for that. I'm really looking forward to doing this. Yeah. I, um, I, I, think that there's like a recording of me being like i'm never covering those guys i'm sorry because i had an opinion of them based on the mindset i was in when i read them the first time and i have reread them and realized like oh i was seeing these through a lens and i'm not going to explain too much about what i was thinking then because i don't want to spoil Rashawn. but once we get there I will explain to you where I was coming from mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, Oh, I see. And you, I bet like, I th- I just think a lot of people out there who also read it in the same era as I did probably approached it the same way. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it didn't, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it at the time. And uh, sometimes shit looks like one thing and it isn't the thing (laughs) so anyway um all right everybody thank you all again so so much for hanging out with us for listening i I just clicked that on instincts not actually checking to see if I have any new patrons. Do, do you have any new patrons? Let's go ahead and check, shall we? <laughs> it's almost like my subconscious was reminding me that maybe I shouldn't wrap the show up quite yet because I had some other things that I should do. So uh, let's take a look here. Oh, we do. We we uh, we got some. Well, all right, all right. So we have got Kristen. We have Laura Lineback and Aw Miles Schneiderman. Hey, Miles. Yay. 
welcome to you delightful people. What is he doing? <laughs> He's here. He, I forgot about this, but he, I had been able to get him into the feed somehow for patrons only stuff. And for whatever reason, it stopped working. I don't know. Like Patreon's been doing a lot of weird updates. Their new app, dude, yo. Mm. No good? Mm, people are not a fan. It's a, a weird thing for me where anytime there's a big change, everybody is all just like, it was fine. What? And I always withhold judgment for a little while because I just don't like change. Yeah. And I don't yeah. like relearning a UI. So I get very salty. And then time passes and I'm like, no, this actually is way better. So, you know, my instinct is to immediately shit on it. And then I have to be like, but I am not. Like, I just told you all about how I'm using the word adaptable as inspiration because I am not that. So I think that really just says everything you need to know. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Thank you guys so much for becoming patrons and for supporting us. Hope you're enjoying everything. And until next time, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. Joffrey. Cersei. Walter Frey. That was an unspoiled network podcast.